Hello, hello to all my readers and listeners. This is Karen Hunt, aka K.H. Majak, coming to you live from the rainforest of Costa Rica. If you hear any wild animals in the background, I apologize. It's part of the, it's part of the atmosphere. Um, even my sound canceling uh, headset doesn't seem to be able to cancel them out sometimes. All right, so I have a new essay for you, but before I get started, I would like to thank all of my readers and listeners. Without your support, I could not spend the long hours needed to research, write, and record my essays, articles, and interviews, nor could I offer them without a paywall. If you haven't yet, please consider becoming a free or especially a paid subscriber, and please like, please share, and comment. I'd love to hear your comments. Um, you can also make one-time or recurring donations at Coffee, and I have <laughs> there's one of those animals, and uh, and I have links in the in the body of my essay here. So this is called Biden Totalitarian Regime or BTR, which is what I call it. Our government now holding on to Tucker Carlson comes with more risk than reward. Carlson is not a team player, and in fact is uncontrollable. And that's a quote from CNN after his firing. The firing of Tucker Carlson sends a message to us all. Be a team player. Don't be an individual. If you speak outside the script, you will be silenced. With well over 3 million viewers, Carlson had the highest rated show on cable news. People say, why would Fox fire him? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes, it does. The money Carlson makes, the audience he draws, is nothing compared to the power of the vast machine. I use the word vast machine thanks to Jonathan Twelve Hawks from his book, The Traveler. Check it out. And the men who control it. Men like BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. In case you didn't know, BlackRock is the largest institutional owner of Fox A-class shares. Hmm. Just days before Carlson was fired, Fink sold nearly 7% of his stake in the asset management giant, netting proceeds of about $25 million. Fink wouldn't care if the entire Fox conglomerate tanked, if it meant he made more millions. Tucker Carlson means nothing if he doesn't play ball. Just like Joe Rogan, just like James O'Keefe. I won't name more, but the list is growing. Turmoil in the markets, like the one sparked by the banking crisis last month, can present enormous opportunities for BlackRock, Fink said last week. If it's about money, Fink and his cronies are the ones who always win, not anybody else. Now I realize conservatives are saying, so what? To Carlson's firing, he will land somewhere else and make even more money. But that's not the point. If we keep falling for the money means success trap, we will always lose. None of us will ever make enough money to play in their court. And if we did, we'd have to be like they are. We'd have to have made a deal with the devil because no one joins that club without compromising their very souls. Tucker Carlson has now been relegated to the sidelines. Yes, he will still have millions of viewers, but he will be in the box they have put him in. Everyone who is uncontrollable is being put in that box. That includes me and all of the rest of us on Substack, one of the last places where we can write freely. But even within the box, we can still encourage one another, share important news, take, take strength from others' stories. 
but eventually we will lose even that more and more. The difference we make will be determined by how we behave in the real world. That is where the most important battles will be fought. We must set that example by reminding those around us what it means to live in the real world. And I'm going to keep saying that more and more. I have a feeling as I continue to write. I feel frustration and anger watching millions of people on the left cheer Carlson's exit. They have been so brainwashed they do not realize what is happening. I doubt most, most of them could be reached with reasonable arguments any longer. They don't understand that their freedoms are at risk too. Here we have AOC rejoicing, the social media celebrity that our young people go to for political news. Watch her below, again, if you can stomach it, and I have a video of her there. Um, where she is saying, Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. This is how deplatforming works. She says gleefully. <laughs> Celebrating a loss of free speech. Incredible. What a foolish young woman, a pawn in the hands of her controllers. But she does what she's supposed to do, and she does it very well. Before the last election, she crashed the Twitch online gaming community and played a game of Among Us alongside Rep. Ilan Omar, another member of what's what we call the squad, in a night that welcomed more than 430,000 viewers, marking her live stream one of the most watched in Twitch's history. I am sure we will see AOC working the youth again in this next election. They think she is a rebellious leader, but she is extremely controllable. To top it all off, it is no coincidence that right on the heels of Tucker's firing, Joe Biden launched his campaign for president. Let's finish this job, Biden said. As someone on Twitter pointed out, he can't finish an effing sentence. But in this insane funhouse that we now live in, a doddering old man who cannot remember where he is half the time is a perfect candidate for president. And I'm betting he will do it again, just like he did last time, or just like the puppet masters did. The ones who own the funhouse and manipulate the mirrors and the floors and the lighting and the doors. What job is Biden talking about? The job of demonizing, imprisoning, and in some cases probably killing those identified as uncontrollable. In his campaign video, Biden identifies these dangerous characters as MAGA. Oh, I'm safe, you say. I can't stand Trump. Liking or disliking Trump has nothing to do with it. Anyone who believes in free speech will be demonized and put in this pot. Be prepared to be called all kinds of horrible names, if you haven't been already. Insurrectionist, white supremacist, anti-Semite, transphobic, domestic terrorist, MAGA. Watch the video of um, Biden, his campaign video. I have it there, if you can stomach it. As I wrote in How Far Will They Go Before We All Say Enough Is Enough, after the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, and I quote, we have entered a danger zone where the balance of power has tipped so far to one side that our nation is free-falling into totalitarianism. This government no longer even tries to hide its blatant use of corruption, lies, manipulations, fears, intimidation, or any other means necessary to gain political dominion. There is no longer allegiance to the United States of America. There is no longer allegiance to the American people. There is no longer a vow to serve and protect. 
Now, anyone who wants to be any kind of boss in America must pledge allegiance not to the flag, that would mean insurrection, but to the regime. Welcome to the Biden totalitarian regime. Biden makes another important statement in his video. We're in a battle for the soul of America. Yes, we are. Evil walks among us, and it's time to stop beating around the bush and just say the word evil. When I think of Joe Biden, I have a vision of him walking through a city with his maniacal smile plastered on his face, eyes staring emptily ahead, and with each footstep, the world around him explodes in chaos, plague, death. Children cry, mothers scream, but he just keeps on walking, that smile never wavering. He is like all four of the horsemen in Revelation rolled into one. This man, who could well have ushered in World War III, will be the President of the United States again. Or who could well usher in World War III, I should say. Yep, Joe Biden. In the video, he, nat he naturally talks about January 6th, but millions upon millions of people around the world don't know the real stories of the real people who climbed the steps of the Capitol that day. Here is one reminder, Victoria White. To me, she represents what the BTR wants to do to every single person who does not fall in line with the regime. White was who, who was arrested after she pushed Push, White was arrested after she was pushed into the tunnel and desperately tried to escape. You can watch the video. I have a link to an article and in that article is the video. So you can watch the video to see that she never raised a finger to the police and never committed an offensive act. She was stuck and couldn't get out. According to her attorney, Joseph McBride, she has hit approximately 35 times over the course of 4 minutes and 30 seconds while appearing to be begging for mercy the entire time. She is hit with a baton while facing away. She is hit with a baton while facing forward. She is speared and poked with a baton about the face so as to inflict maximum pain. She collapses more than once and is stood up by the officers only to be maced and beaten again. At some point, White a sh white uh, shirt puts away his bat baton, white shirt, that's, that's one of the officers, they call him white shirt, puts away his baton, not because he is showing mercy, because he has a clear avenue to her face. As such, he unloads on the defenseless woman, punching her five times in five seconds directly in the face with all of his might. How is it that White is the one on trial, not the police who viciously attacked her? Because we do not have a democracy. We do not have a republic. Argue over the terms, if you will. We do not have freedom. Until COVID, I had never really watched Fox News or Tucker Carlson. I thought I was a liberal, or rather, I never liked labels. But if I was anything, it was more liberal than conservative. And then, when I realized that everything on mainstream media was telling the same story about COVID over and over, I grew suspicious. I turned to Fox and listened to Carlson. A lot of what he said made sense. I realized that what I had been told for so many years wasn't true. I needed to listen to different voices if I wanted to reach conclusions for myself. And so that's what I started doing, naively. I posted some of my observations about what Carlson was saying on Facebook. The vitriol I received from friends and acquaintances shocked me. 
No one would even consider what he was saying. It came to the point where either I had to shut up or lose many friends. And it wasn't just about Carlson. It was because I was realizing that the entire COVID extravaganza was a scam. I kept researching and speaking and writing. I lost a lot of friends, but it wasn't the first time and it certainly will not be the last. Now, this doesn't mean that I agree with everything Carlson says. We have this idea now that we can't disagree with anything or we are enemies. It's becoming like the Dark Ages, witch hunts and the Inquisition. But I will miss knowing that Carlson is there belligerently bringing in the guests that nobody else dares to have and letting them speak. Which, yeah, more and more we are going into the dark ages and this is evidence of it. Tucker says that the story of the last decade is the collapse of leadership. He is right. It isn't the people, it's the leaders. It is our, the weak puppets on strings. Before he was realized he was being fired, Carlson gave a speech at the Heritage Foundation. I have it here and I encourage you to watch it. You will find it very inspiring. Here's an important part of the speech, and I quote, You see people you know revealed as cowards, saying things you know they don't believe because they want to keep their jobs, and you're so disappointed in people. You realize the herd instinct is maybe the strongest, to be like everybody else, and to not be cast out of the group, and to not be shunned. That's a very strong impulse in all of us from birth, and it takes over, unfortunately, in moments like this, and it's harnessed, in fact, by bad people in moments like this to produce uniformity. You see people going along with this, and you lose respect for them. I'm not mad at people. I'm just sad. How could you go along with this when you know it's not true, but you're saying it anyway? Tucker Carlson, 2023. Over the next months leading up to the election, the crackdown on freedom will get a lot worse. Each day, decisions will be required of us. Standing up and speaking out will take considerably more courage than what we have had to face thus far. Will we be up to the task? I say this for myself as much as for anyone else. Carlson talks about a countervailing force that is always at work to balance the badness. It's called goodness, he says. And you can see it in people. So, for every 10 people who are putting he or him in their, their electronic J.P. Morgan email signatures, there's one person who's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Sorry, I don't want to fight, but I'm not doing that. It's a betrayal, and what I think is true. It's a betrayal of what I think is true. It's a betrayal of my conscience, of my faith, of my sense of myself, of my dignity as a human being, of my autonomy. I am not a slave. I am a free citizen, and I'm not doing that. And there's nothing you can do to me to make me do it. And I hope it won't come to that, but if it does come to that, here I am. I absolutely love that. It's how I feel, and I hope it's how you feel too. You know, I left Los Angeles a month ago and came to Costa Rica to live a more peaceful life, do my writing, be in nature. Tomorrow, I return to Los Angeles, <laughs> to the belly of the beast. I need to be where the battle is. There is an amazing community there. There are communities of brave fighters everywhere. We need to support one another. Tucker ends his talk by admonishing everyone, himself included, to take 10 minutes out of our busy schedules every day to pray for our country. 
This isn't a lot to ask. Just 10 minutes. Let's do it. Let's be uncontrollable. All right. Thank you everyone for listening, for reading. God bless you all. Stay strong. Stay happy, encouraged. Live your life in the real world.